0: I am the genie of the podcast, and you get one wish. Oh, that's an easy one. I wish their Discord server was free to join. Wish granted. That's right. You guys and gals asked for it, and we did it. Our Discord server is now free to join. That's right. You get to come be a part of the best gaming community out there. You'll find the link in the episode description and over on our website at multiplayerpodcast.com. Now, I know what you're thinking. We do definitely still need your support, all right? So if you love the podcast, if you love what we're doing, and you are just thinking to yourself, this is awesome, I really want to support these guys, head over to MultiplayerSquad.com. That's where you can help support the show. You do get some awesome perks, but more importantly, you get our eternal gratitude. All right, now enjoy the episode, and we'll see you on our Discord server.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are just a couple of regular dudes who love to get together and talk about gaming. Really excited to have you guys here with us. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate us 5 stars, and leave a review. Also, if you'd like to help support the show, you can head over to MultiplayerSquad.com where you can help support our show by pledging as a Patreon supporter starting at $5 a month. I am your host, Paul. And with me is
0: the ever chivalrous co-host. It's Josh. Oh, oh, that's a good. That's a good lead up to to some head bashing and arm chopping. <laughs> now, I also take a little bit of exception at being called regular, Paul. Okay, I, like regular does not really describe me as a I regular would, dude. I was, I was gonna say, like you know, weird, strange, one regular dude and one extra dude. You know, <laughs> is, is that fair? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, goodness. So, yeah, today is Thursday, which means, you know, every Thursday we get together. We talk about this week in gaming. We're going to be chatting a little bit about the games that we've been playing lately, along with gaming news. And this is going to be kind of tough, Josh. We're actually recording an hour late because we have been dragged into the depths of satisfactory. Oh, you and I great. got stuck in a cycle of, okay, I just need two minutes. And then you would start working on something <laughs> and you needed two minutes. Next thing we know, we're recording an hour late, but you know, we've switched gears. So we're not going to talk about this week in gaming, but satisfactory will be an upcoming deep dive episode in a couple of Mondays.
0: Yes. And I'm glad that we're giving ourselves enough time to fully envelop ourselves in the satisfactory world, <laughs> uh, because it's, it's great. And what's funny is not to get into it too much, but I have played a, like a decent bit of Satisfactory, right? Mm-hmm. And then you and Todd were coming into it, and we are to the point now where we are beyond what little playtime I had before. So we're we're like it's new ground for everybody at this point, which is exciting too. But yeah, we yeah. had to we had to rip ourselves away. <laughs> we did do our And jobs. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of
1: just want to talk about Satisfactory, <laughs> but. You know, the, the way we always kick off the This Week in Gaming episode is where we kind of just catch up a little bit on what we've been playing in our single-player time. So, Josh, I have noticed that you've played a little bit of Chivalry too, which is why I refer to you as our Chivalrous co-host. But
0: what would you think of that game? I really liked it initially because there's not a lot of games out there that are like that intense melee combat in that like massively multiplayer setting. So I remember telling you guys like, Hey, I'm going to download this beta. This looks like a game that could be really fun. Um, I played it for, I think a few hours over the beta weekend. And within that few hours, it was starting to wear on me already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so it didn't take long. It really didn't take long. (laughs) It was like, it was really neat at first. I was like, Oh, this is such a cool thing. Like, Oh, I just bashed that guy's head in with my battle axe. Like, yeah. And then you just get overwhelmed, and then it got to be, you know, you can feint, you can repost, you can attack from the other direction, you can block, and then it just got to be this, like, slog of, there's so many deep, like, melee mechanics, mm-hmm. which sounds interesting in one aspect, but then when you're in this just... Insane battle, whether it's like 20 on 20 or whatever the map size is. You're not doing any of that stuff, man. Like everybody's just smashing <laughs> each other. You know, people just are coming around and flanking you. Yeah, it's just a click <laughs> yeah. fest at that point. And that's mm-hmm. where I think it was like, it was fun for just a, a few hours. And then I was like, yeah, this just isn't the game for me. So, that was
1: a free beta that you're able to participate in? It was, in? thankfully. I didn't okay, have to, so it wasn't refund like a pre order.
0: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know, I should have learned my lesson. There's a game called Mordal that I had tried a long time ago, and I wound up refunding that one right away. And, like, this game's got a little bit better graphics and stuff, but it it's the same. And then I just realized, like, maybe I don't like these games. But we all know you're not a fan of melee combat anyway, Paul. So. <laughs>
1: No, no, this is not my kind of game at all. I just find melee combat to be well, so boring and repetitive.
0: I mean, I like melee combat. Like, give me Dark Souls, right? But this weird, just massive battle with melee combat doesn't really keep my interest for very long. So Chivalry 2 will probably not be making a deep
1: dive episode. Nope.
0: nope. But maybe not what? even a shallow dive. That's like a maybe <laughs> wading into the kiddie pool. Actually, you know what? What you just got is all you're getting.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: Anything else you've been playing lately? Man, so it's funny because I was having this game like Limbo where I was really trying to find something to play. And I was in between games. We hadn't really started diving into Satisfactory yet. Um, We we played a little bit of Knockout City. We played a little bit of Operation Tango that we're going to be talking about in an upcoming episode. And so I was really looking for something and I found a game called Tainted Grail that was a, like a customizable, it's like a card game, right? It's like a roguelite card-based game where you fight monsters and you progress and stuff. And I I don't know if it just came out or not, but I I downloaded it. I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. Paul, let me take you on a trip. Okay, (laughs) let's hear it. Because this sounds like Josh Catnip.
1: Come on. RPG, roguelike, exactly. and card games. Dude, this, you, I, I will be shocked if you tell me anything other than you loving it.
0: Take, take my money, right? This is everything yeah. that I want. So here's... The, <laughs> it's a pretty good analogy, the catnip thing, right? Because yeah. got the game, started playing it, loved it, right? I think I got it last, or just this last weekend. Played like, I don't know, man, something stupid, like eight to 10 hours like on Saturday of this game. Loved it, cracked out on it, beat it, but it's not really a beat it kind of thing because it's a roguelite, you know? Um, Uh And then I went from absolutely in love with this game to I don't know that I'll ever play this game again, Okay, like in the blink of an eye, man. I I don't know what happened. Legitimately, I, I played this game for like 10 hours straight last Saturday, and I don't know, like, I don't think I'll ever play it again. It's like I went just... It was like 90 to nothing, man. And, and Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was just a weird little journey because it's a fun game. It, they, it's a, it does a lot right. It checks all the boxes for stuff that I like. But I got... I just hit that wall like all of a sudden. And you're at 10 hours, so you can't refund it. I mean, I only paid like $19 for it, if that. Okay. So, I mean, I got oh, my money's bad. worth out of it for sure. But yeah, it, it was just one of those like... I, I, I th- I think the price point was right on. It was great. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, worth checking out if you like the kind of stuff that I like. But it was just really funny. I feel like Forrest so Gump, hard. right? Like, you know, Forrest Gump's running. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing uh-huh. the thing and everybody's making a big deal and he's just loving running. And then finally he just stops and he's like, I guess I think I'll go, go home, home now. now. <laughs> like, that was me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this game was great. I enjoyed it. I think I'll go home now. <laughs> Oh, boy. So that's kind of like a make-love
1: game. You you enjoyed it. It was a short amount of time, and, and that's y- it, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. And I know there's another game you've been playing.
0: What else have you been playing, Josh? I have been playing... Now, this one I don't think I'm going to burn out on quickly, but I have... I've been playing, man, I've been playing a lot of games since our last episode. I told you I've been (laughs) in limbo. I've really been fishing, man, you know, so I've just been trying to catch that thing that's gonna, that's gonna stick with me. But I started playing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, right? Mm -hmm. You guys had told me, or you specifically were like, dude, I think you'll love this game. And I remember telling you on a few episodes back, I said, Paul, you know, I'll probably wind up trying it out. It's yeah. a very well done game. I have been so having fun. a lot of fun with it. Um, I There's times where it's like, I'll forget to save and I'll waste like 30 minutes of time because this is like <laughs> an old school game, right? Like if you don't uh-huh. get to a save point and you die, you just lose all that progress. And so there's been a few times where I've lost like 30 minutes and then I get a little frustrated. I'm like, ah, like, okay, I don't have the patience for this again. And there is definitely a lot of me wandering around the same areas trying to decipher where I'm supposed to go next because I missed right. like one doorway somewhere or something like that. So it does have that neat throwback to not being an easy game, like the old, older school Nintendo games and stuff. But I, I really enjoy it so far. Um, I don't, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's, it's got great crafting, great equipment. The combat is fun, the exploration is fun. It's just yeah. a
1: good, old-school Metroidvania game. You get yes. to explore the castle, there's hidden passageways, all the weapons feel different, so you get to swap them out. If if you played Castlevania Symphony of the Night back in the day, you probably already know about this game, but it's exactly the same kind of game. It's just modern. The boss fights are great. And I was a little worried you would never pick it up, because it is a $40 game, but I it's got well it. Well worth the
0: money. $17, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was on sale or a third party website? Third
0: party website.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. If you can get it for 17 in particular, man, that's a great deal. Yeah. I, it- I love Bloodstained. And interestingly enough, I had actually put an article on last week's This Week in Gaming that they announced that there's going to be a sequel for Bloodstained. Yeah. And then I just erased it figuring, well, you've never played Bloodstain. You don't want to talk about this. And now a week later, you did. And you're going to be able to play a sequel here, you know, not before you know it, but, you know, sometime relatively soon.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I, there's monsters I hate already that I'm like, oh, not one of these things, man. I'm also learning the pacing <laughs> still. Like I think I've only got mm-hmm. like three and a half hours into this game so far. Right. So. The first boss that I fought just kept whooping me over and over. But then I realized I was like button mashing. And it's much more oh, about yeah. like timing and patterns and sure. stuff like that. And so after like the eighth or ninth time of him just crushing me, I was like, okay, let me slow down. Let me actually do that. And then I, I crushed the guy after that. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a legit, a very good game. I'm only a few hours in, but already I can tell like this is just you know, top-notch. They they really poured their heart and soul into this. It's, yeah, it's definitely a very good throwback with modern, like, graphics and stuff like that as well, which is nice.
1: Oh, yeah. The boss fights are really fun, and they all have different mechanics. So it's like the first one or two times you fight a boss, a lot of times you do end up dying, but then you kind of learn what they do, and, and the game's loaded with tons of bosses. So I'm I'm glad that you picked it up. Honestly, I think I'm going to jump back into it when I'm done playing through the Mass Effect trilogy again. So I still have a lot of hours waiting for me in Mass Effect. But when I'm done with that, I think I'm going to reinstall Bloodstain because I haven't played it since it released a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just remember you and our friend McKinney talking about it all oh, the yeah. time and not having a clue what you guys were talking about. I don't remember any of that conversation because <laughs> it didn't mean anything to me at the time either. I think you guys were looking for some sword or something like that. Like oh, to the Christogram. Yeah. You know. Christogrim, you can go look up video on YouTube.
1: The the when you play as Alucard back in Symphony of the Night, he will slice this sword like a hundred times every time you click the button. So you can literally run through all of Symphony of the Night without ever stopping, and he'll just kill everything in front of you. So it's kind of like a, a cheap way to complete the game, but it's kind of like one of those well-known super
0: weapons with, like, old-school gaming. Okay, I got you. I did get a lightsaber, which I thought was a little weird. (laughs) I got, like, some 8-bit coin. Yeah. Uh And then I was like, Uh oh, I have this. I can, like, I didn't know if this was game-breaking and I shouldn't have found it or what, but then I started looking (laughs) through all these weapons, and I'm like, well, let me try this one, and it's... (laughs) It's a, light it's a lightsaber, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm like I'm liking this game more and more, man. Oh, uh, that's
1: funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. I I hope it'll stick with you for a while. All right. Well, you know what? Before we transition into news stories this week, let's go ahead and just take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blizzard Gear Store by Fanatics. You can now get your favorite Blizzard merchandise for men, women, and kids. They offer a wide variety of products from all of your favorite Blizzard games, including Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo, StarCraft, and Heroes of the Storm. Now teaming up with the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, you can now help support our show and get amazing Blizzard gear by going to multiplayerpodcast.com forward slash Blizzard Store. Alright, Josh. We've got a couple of news stories here this week. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is the announcement of a game coming out that is called Palea. And this game seems like catnip for me. Oh. I can't imagine you are interested in this game whatsoever, but you know, why don't you tell the people your take on Paleo?
0: What what is this game? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to me, it looks like Massively multiplayer Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> That's it close. really does. It's a beautiful looking game. I like, I gotta give them credit. It just, the graphics make me feel calm and, you know, happy and all that. But yeah, they, they basically said, Hey, we're making an MMO. So it, they are quantifying it as an MMO that you can play with other people and form instead of like clans or guilds, you form neighborhoods. And so, I mean, my best guess, since I haven't played these games, would imagine your island on Animal Crossing, but then it's attached to everybody else's island and you can all work together to make that island like a country, right? And just make it awesome. And that's what this game seems like. It is the most laid-back, like, chilled thing. They even said that a lot of the game is just inviting friends over to have them hang out, like, in your house and stuff. And that's when I was just like, can you kill them? Can you, like, you know, break the door? Can you set traps? Like, I don't know, man. But I'm waiting to hear, like, what's going to make this game fun.
1: Yeah, so the game is definitely very casual. The first article I saw said that this is Breath of the Wild meets Stardew Valley. And I was like, whoa, like these are two of my all time favorites. And so then I clicked on the article and then I saw another article that likened it to World of Warcraft meets Animal Crossing. So these are literally for me, I feel like like four (laughs) of my top 15 games of all time.
0: Is somebody trolling you, Paul? And they just (laughs) went, let's build Paul's perfect game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very interested in this. It definitely has like like, some farming elements, and you get to decorate your house, and yes, you can develop relationships with other people in the town and whatnot. As far as I could tell, no combat. There, There's nothing quite like that, but I'm very curious to follow this game. If it has any kind of, like, monthly fee or anything, I don't think I would pay for it, but I would toss this game, you know, a few bucks and try it out. I love good old casual games. I like having one of those on my list. I like having my competitive overwatch side, but then also having something to balance it out.
0: I'll say this. I, there is a little bit of combat. I, they haven't like broadened on that, but they did say that there might be like a wolf that's, you know, terrorizing the neighborhood or something like that. But they said that the combat (laughs) portion, they were going to kind of leave up to players as to how much they wanted to dig into that, but I'm imagining it's okay. not very fleshed out or something either, right? Like, they kind of likened it to, hey, maybe there's a wolf that's out there that you don't really want in your neighborhood, and you have to go do something about it.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. So maybe it'll be kind of like Stardew Valley in that regard. Like, you can go fight in the underground dungeons, but it's not like a core thing to the game. Right. So, that's kind of the okay.
0: vibe I got. Um, I'll say this, Paul. I'm not going to write this game off. I may be willing to play this game. You know, because I get it, like, as much as I love competition, right, there is, you do need that, I want a game to just relax with, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel competitive, I don't want to feel like I need to think too much, or, you know, really, you know, stress my brain right now. I want to just kick back and just relax, right? And so, I'm not going to write this off, because, you know, I joke about Animal Crossing and all that, I think I'm saying right now I'd be willing to try it and give it like an honest try, like a good 10 hours or so to see if this is as boring as I think it is. (laughs) Or or if maybe, you know, there will be some fun to it in that multiplayer setting.
1: The last thing I'll say about it is when I watched the video, the very first thing I thought is whoever wrote the music to this game, I feel like they literally played the music from The Wind Waker and just changed it enough that it wouldn't be copyright infringement because this music sounds, om- if, if you hadn't played The Wind Waker since it released and I played it for you, you would say, Oh, this is like from The Wind Waker, right? It has all the same instruments, very similar structure to the music. And I loved it. So as soon as I heard it and the animation style, it reminds me of Zelda more than anything else. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see as we get more details about Palea. Uh, The other big thing that is coming up is that E3 is being held next week, and we've been able to see some nuggets of what we're going to see and what we can expect. A lot is still kind of shrouded in mystery. Anything in particular you're hoping to see next week?
0: Man, there's a lot. Like, it's, you know, there's the the games that we know that we're going to get information on, and then there's the games that we hope maybe we'll get some info on but have not been confirmed nobody said like yes we're gonna you know show gameplay or any of that stuff so it's been confirmed that they're gonna show battlefield 6 i'm very excited about that because i mean i've made it known i've always been a battlefield guy i'm not really a call of duty guy um i mean we've played warzone and cold war and stuff like that but i've always been a fan of the battlefield series I've not been so much of a fan of like Battlefield 5 and Battlefield 1 lately because I feel like they got away from the formula a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see what they do with this because I really want to be amped up for Battlefield and think like, hey, maybe we can get, you know, our friend group and our Discord server because, I mean, they're massive maps, right? Like you can have huge teams. So to me... Not being locked into a four-man squad or, you know, Overwatch, which is the only six-man squad game, you know, that's very appealing to me. So I'm pretty hyped to see what they do on that one. Um, you know, that's probably the one that I know that they're going to show some gameplay that I'm I'm excited about. Right. Um, and then, Paul, there's whispers. Now, this is not confirmed, but there's whispers that there might be some Dragon Age 4 news coming. Ooh,
1: I sure hope so. I would love to get a little bit more about Dragon Age, because up to this point, everything's been pretty tight-lipped. Like, we know Solas will be back, and he was one of my favorite all-time characters in video games. He was fascinating in Dragon Age Inquisition, and I would love to see some gameplay and kind of see where they're taking it. My fear is that they'll be going to more fast arcade combat like we saw in Dragon Age 2. I hope that they don't do yeah, that. I hope
0: they don't do that either.
1: Yeah, I hope that they kind of stay true to their roots, where it's more storytelling, RPG first, and then kind of action second. But yeah, I can't wait. I know you and I will definitely play Dragon Age. Oh, 4. I can't.
0: I love Dragon Age. Now I don't make as you know make it as well known, you know. But Dragon Age games are some of my favorite games, man. I will. There is not a chance that I will not be pl- picking that game up and just playing it like crazy when it does come out. Um, so yeah, so hopefully there's some Dragon Age news. Um, that would be really nice to see. Maybe even if it's just a little snippet of gameplay, just to say, hey, we're at least to that point. I mean, I would imagine that they would be, but I'd really like to see something there. Tell me it's coming out in 2023. That's fine, right? Like, it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, it's like, just give us some, give us a little bit of info there. Um, so Microsoft and Bethesda have confirmed that there's going to be Halo Infinite news. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to be talking about the multiplayer aspect of that or, you know, I don't know what they're going to be talking about as far as Halo Infinite goes. Like, hopefully, they show us something that impresses us versus the last time that they gave a Halo Infinite presentation and everybody kind of went, uh, you guys sure go about so this? well. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so show us what has happened over the last year. Right. And say, okay, like get us hyped instead of like, oh man, this is not going to be good. Because I know as much as we pick on Halo, you and I would love another Halo game to be able to play that is modern and and is fun. Oh, Um, for sure. And then one that I'm really excited about, and this is the Bethesda side of things, is Starfield. Um, and so they are confirming that there's going to be uh, information or new gameplay or whatever uh, about Starfield, which is Bethesda's new game. And I mean, I love Bethesda games. Fallout 76 was just a brutal nightmare mess of a game. Um, but Bethesda has enough history with me that I'm willing to overlook like the tragedy that Fallout 76 was. Right. And and you know get hyped about another game coming from Bethesda. Man, the next like month is going to be great. You've got Nintendo Direct coming up in a in a few more weeks. We've got E3 coming. I, I mean, I think there's even another one that's coming up. So, gotta love the midsummer, or I guess early summer, uh, like just video game extravaganza of people talking about what's coming up soon and what's getting released, and you know all these tidbits that we're gonna get. Like, I, I love it, man. It's such a fun time to just be a fan of this. You know, gaming and video games and the different consoles and all that.
1: Yeah. And hopefully we'll find out some info about Breath of the Wild too, because I know that that's one a lot of people are hoping to find out more about. They have to. (laughs) You would certainly think so. (laughs) All right. And then the last story that we'll talk about here this week. I thought this was really interesting. So I saw that Rust is releasing a new contact system that will help you tell friend from foe. And as I started.
0: The foe is the guy that shoots the arrow right into your head, you know, as you're running up to say hi, and the friend is Uh the guy that like crouches up and down real quick to say like, hey, hey, man, I'm not I'm not gonna kill you. And then you run up to him and you're like, hi, and then he kills you. So
1: exactly. Well, that's what's gonna be so interesting about this, because historically, there are no friends in Rust. (laughs) Everyone's a foe. You have to assume everyone's your enemy in the world of Rust. So the fact that they're implementing this new system You know, basically the game will track every time you interact with somebody. So you can basically wave, and then it'll mark you as, like, waving to them. But that'll also make you visible easier for other players. So it kind of puts a little bit of a spotlight on you. But over time, if you and another player are always friendly, then they'll show up as a different color than someone else that you've had hostile relationships with. So if they've shot you dead or you've downed them... The game will know that. And so I do wonder if this is going to change the interactions in the world of Rust, or if just eventually everyone's gonna go back to shooting
0: everyone on site. It's a neat concept because the part of the issue with Rust is that a lot of the clothing all looks the same. Right. Right. And so and there's really not very many character models. What is there, like four? Right, like, And even then, a
1: lot of times they look the same. You're kind of like the black guy or the white guy. Right.
0: Yep, exactly. And so it's one of those things where when you're encountering somebody in Rust, you really don't know who you're encountering until you're close to them. And then at that point, it may be too late anyway. And so this system sounds like it's a way to allow people to have a little bit more warning to be like, oh, no, that's the guy that kills me every time he sees me. Let me start running. Or, oh, no, that's just my neighbor, you know, running around the road, and so I don't have to worry about him, because even if he does kill me, he'll probably just, you know, res me back up, and he's not going to steal all my gear. I think it's great. I'd be very interested to see how it works in actual gameplay, like in theory, Um, because being able to know, hey, that guy's, you you know, he's a butthead from a little bit further away is great. And maybe you can get revenge easier that way, which, you know, let's be honest, (laughs) is the best part of Rust is hiding outside their base and then just, you know, ganking them when they come out the door. Or not killing your neighbor and then having that awkward time where you're like, oops, sorry, I killed you. Like, here's a pumpkin. you know? <laughs> Like, hope you get your <laughs> right. health back. That kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and they did say, too, that binoculars would be a lot more handy because there wasn't really. I think the only time we used binoculars was to, like, scan, like, a ridgeline or something to make sure that we weren't about to get, like, counter-rated or something like that. So the binoculars were eh, but now they're saying yeah. that with binoculars, you'll be able to see the, the contact system, whether you have marked them friendly or enemy, from much further away, which I think is a neat aspect there as well.
1: I think it's very cool. I think ultimately, in the end, it won't change a thing. I think when this first releases, you'll see a surge of friendliness in Rust, I think it'll be like the endorsement system in Overwatch. Remember when that got released and everyone <laughs> was so, so friendly? Nice.
0: Oh, man. Oh, even goodness. me, that Paul. Month. If you yeah. remember, even me, <laughs> yeah. like who I love to troll people in Overwatch, but I was like, that was a swell game, everybody. You guys yep. really gave it your all, and that was a great Dorianna, match. Like, you gave it your hardest. Yes, yeah. please endorse yeah. me. you know. And then it got to be where like people could tell that people were being overly nice, and then it was like, yeah, I'm not endorsing you, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it (laughs) it lasted for a few weeks where people were really nice, and now Overwatch is just back to being as toxic as ever. It did not take long. I think the same thing will happen with Rust, but I do think it'll be really neat. Uh, You know, we've talked a little bit about whether or not we want to dabble back into Rust. With something like this, that does make me a little more interested just from a morbid curiosity aspect. Like, what will this do to the community? I think it'll still be just as toxic as ever, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: I think it's gonna. I'll tell you how I would do it, Paul. I would be very friendly to people so that they mark me as a as a friend. Play the long con, and then when they're not expecting it, I would one hundred percent stab them in the back. Like I, I mean, honestly, that's the way that this system's going to work. Is that people are going to be like, "Oh, you can friend me so that you trust me, and then I can steal everything you have when you're not expecting it."
1: All right. Well, you know, that's all that we have here for the show today for This Week in Gaming. Thanks so much for spending this half hour here with me and Josh. As a reminder, make sure to head over to MultiplayerSquad.com where you can become a Patreon supporter. And then we will have our next episode on Monday. What are we slated for, Josh? Is that a bonus round or a deep
0: dive? That's no, a this deep is going to a right? deep dive. Yeah, we're going to do Operation Tango, and I think we're doing a double header.
1: We might. So we'll have a full hour deep dive episode on Monday. Can't wait for it. We'll see you guys then. Happy gaming. See you, everybody.